Fix that microphone, you egg-sucking dog. Dog. That's right, buddy. Dog. You are totally the biggest mark. And I have had the brain to you. Hulk Hogan, you can go to hell. And all these people are a bunch of stinking bums, aren't you? Reigning United States Heavyweight Champion, Brett Hitman Clark. Hey everybody out there, welcome to Late to the Nitro Party. Uh, we're going to be doing a special report for Great American Bash 1996. We're going to be uh, reviewing it, letting you know what's going on in between Nitros on the pay-per-views. Uh, you're going to have me and Grant uh, with you here tonight. Uh, Grant is currently tending to his small child, who is shrieking uncontrollably in the background. Um, the uh, the challenges of being a single parent in America uh, on this podcast. So anybody that wants to send Grant money to help him out because he's a single parent, be sure uh, we'll, we'll get you his address. We will post his address and phone number at the end of this podcast. So be sure to stick around to send Grant your check or money order care of Klondike 5. All right, sorry. Um, Great American Bash 1996. Grant is going to be back with us here shortly, we hope. And, uh, oh, there he is. Yep, he's yelling. He's yelling at his child. Don't murder the cat with this, please. Yeah, the cat. Here you go. Here's your baseball pet. And here's your cell phone. There you go. You got it. You got him all taken care of there. Probably not, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. If you got to take off, I can wing it. Uh, I pretty well got everybody set up for. Uh, I've already made our introduction, and we're pretty well ready to go. So. Uh, Great American Bash 1996 took place in Baltimore, Maryland at the Baltimore Arena. Attendance was approximately 9,000 people. Um, approximately a quarter of a million people uh, bought this on pay-per-view, so a decent number of buys. 250,000 buys, sorry, I'm bad at math. Um, so yeah, it took place on June 16th. 1996 from Baltimore, Maryland. So, starting off, Great American Bash 1996, we have the Steiner Brothers, favorite of the show, versus Fire and Ice, one of which is a favorite of the show, and the other of which Grant can't stand. So, Fire and Ice versus the Steiners. Uh, what do we think? Um, real quick, before we jump into that, we got three dark matches. Oh, okay, I don't have those on my list here. Who do we got for dark matches? Rock o Rock defeats Jerry Sacks. <laughs> In a singles match? In a singles match. Nice. Um, I don't know who's the better singles worker of those four. Uh, Were these um, taped for a main event? That's usually what they do with pay-per-view dark matches. They show them on main event. I think so. Uh, prior to the show. Okay. Um, VK Wall Street defeats Jim Powers. And Jim Duggan defeats Disco Inferno. Damn it. I know. Anyhow, Steiner Brothers versus Fire and God, I hate Ice Train so much. Um, they beat the shit out of each other. Is it? It's 
what we've come to expect from these four guys is just four hosses suplexing each other and running into each other at full speed, beating the tar out of each other. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I I wish they would. <clears throat> I think if I'm running the book or have influence at this time, um, I am. I don't know what I'm doing with Ice Train, getting him a janitor position at uh, at Turner Tower and uh, breaking up Harlem Heat. Maybe put Stevie Ray in there with uh, with Scott Norton. Yeah. Well, that's not. You're not getting any better work out I think of Stevie Ray. No, I think he's better. Ugh. I I kind of disagree. That's with how you much there. I dislike Ice Train. Wow. That's that's strong statement. Um, one thing I will know. This match is is pretty good for the most part. Finish is kind of botchy um, yeah. with Scott trying the Frankensteiner on Scott Norton. These Norton, these, these guys aren't doing a lot of cardio. Let's not kid no, ourselves. Well, Norton's not the guy to be trying a, a Frankensteiner on. Yeah. The finish should have been the top rope um, doomsday bulldog yeah, yeah. that they do. And Ice Train breaks up the pin, or, or one of them breaks up the pin, and then they go right into the Frankensteiner spot, which is the finish. They just uh, Norton can't really get over for it, yeah. Like you need to, so it looks pretty botchy. Other than that, this match was was everything we've come to expect from these four guys. Pretty awesome. Yeah, and he um, he might have been able to pull it off fresh. Um, uh, you know, Norton and Ice Train are both pretty big, heavy guys, so it doesn't take uh, a whole lot of time to blow yourself up. It's a ten and a half minute match, so. Yeah, um, 10 minutes, 29 seconds. So My notes also state this is for the number one contendership of the WCW World Tag Belts. Okay. Did they mention that on the commentary? I don't think the commentators announced it. I think Penzer, uh, I think Penzer announces it. Okay. I, I missed that when I was watching it. Well, you know, that's one of the things in WCW um, from what I – I don't remember if it gets any better how it is. One of the things I've noticed, it seems like in the WWF – they always did a really good job of letting you hear Howard Finkel announce what was happening right before the commentators jumped on board. Um, and in WCW, they're way too busy plugging whatever the hell else is going on in the, in the pay-per-view and right. in the company. So you, you missed some match stipulations. Yeah, I think so. Things of that nature. Gotcha. Um, second match we've got for the WCW United States heavyweight title, who, if you don't remember, is the number one contender to the world title, and Conan has yet to get a title shot. <laughs> Conan <laughs> defeats El Gato um, in six minutes, three seconds. El Gato is probably the most generic creator wrestler name I've ever seen. Um, this is Pat Tanaka in a mask, yeah. if you didn't know that. Um, one half of the Orient Express. Good worker, a uh, member of Bad Company with uh, Paul Diamond in the AWA. Uh, pretty standard Conan match. Um, Conan about murders him a couple times with just super stiff slash botchy stuff. Um, pretty standard match. Conan wins. I, I can't remember how Conan wins, though. What's he do? Oh, uh, shit. Um, oh, what's his, what's his finisher? He uses like a... Or doesn't he just hit a power bomb and then Brit flip over like a jackknife pin and wins? Yeah, it seems like it has some stereotypical span of Hispanic name attached to it, though. Not, not a lot, really. This match was neither good nor bad. It's, I mean, it, it's it's an okay it's an okay match. Um, Tanaka's Elgato is stupid. I don't. 
Why can't he just be Pat Tanaka? I, I mean, there's maybe nine people that would have known who that is and got excited, but Elgato's, I mean, nobody. It's your... Well, all, all Elgato is is a tiger mask. It's a tiger right. mask mask on a guy in karate pants. Right. Um, It's pointless. It does nothing for the live event. You know, you might get into it because it's a good match, especially on TV. Um, But if you're middle of the arena seats and back, you know... You have no idea who this is. You don't care. Yeah. Uh, they they would have been they would have been better off to put Disco Inferno in that spot or or VK Wall Street or Somebody you know they at least one, because one El, of the dark match guys El Gato in for a one shot and right. I mean Pat Tanaka sticks around as a as a job guy for the next few months but right and if you're if they you're, could, if, certainly could have came up with somebody already on the roster. Instead sure, of just and, slapping a mask on Pat Tanaka. And if you're buying into this as a sport, which, you know, a lot of people still kind of are at this point, um, especially older people, um, you know, why is El Generico getting a number one contender shot? Right. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, they, they do preface it with, I think, on the previous Nitro, they talk about how El Gato is huge in South America. He's, you know, a South American champion. Yeah. So, you know, they do try to to get him over a little bit with mostly made-up statistics. Well, and I was going to say, I think you get a lot more mileage out of something like that when you bring in a Rey Mysterio and say, hey, this guy's a big fucking deal. And then he's, like, flipping around doing crazy shit. You know, then you see it and you're like, oh, hell, this is this is something new. We're not used to this. This guy is a big fucking deal. So, yeah, not a lot to be said about Only that. Only a six-minute match. Minute match. Yeah. Next, we have a match, and I didn't realize until I watched this show that the Lord of the Ring ring that uh, DDP's been wearing around is, is like a title. Yeah. Like, he has to defend it and shit. Yeah. Um, you know, I, when... Whatever. I don't know how I feel about that one way or another, but I will say, you know, when's uh, when's the last time a football player put their world, uh, their their Super Bowl ring on the fucking line? Exactly. That's exactly. I, that's how you know. That's how it ought to work. You know, when when the fucking Patriots win the Super Bowl the next year, they come out and lose to the fucking Browns first game. Browns are the fucking world champs. <laughs> They have to defend their title. Yeah, and then whoever's got the fucking belt, whoever's got the belt uh, going into playoffs, they should get a bye all the way to the division championship. There you go. Oh, boy. If well, only it and, here, and here's the bullshit thing. I don't care if they don't fucking do that, but every goddamn time they say, oh, and here we've got the Cavaliers, the defending NBA champ. They're not fucking defending shit. They're not defending that title. How are they the defending champions? Hey, you know, they're, we just talk about wrestling here. They're last year's champions. And here, here we've got fucking DDP with a ring, and he's defending that thing. So a match for the Lord of the Ring title, Diamond Dallas Page defeats Marcus Alexander Bagwell in 9 minutes, 39 seconds. This is a pretty good match. Um, DDP carries it. Yeah, Bagwell, man, I just didn't realize how limited this guy was in the ring. He's kick, punch, drop kick, maybe throw a cross body in there, but that's about it. Um, yeah, 
I mean, he's got a great look. He's got a great body and shit for the business, but, like, come on, man. Mix it up a little bit. He is his style. If I had to describe him, his style is he's, like, he's he's Sting-like. A little bit. You know, he kind of flies around, moves a little bit like Sting. Um, you know, he'll he, he's, he's bigger than a, you know, than a, a luchador or a, or a cruiserweight guy, but... Um, you know, he'll pop up in the air. No problem. Um, moves I mean, real well. He just has a real limited move set. It's maybe throw throw like a backdrop in right. there. He's got a fisherman suplex for a finisher that we never see. Right. Uh, I like the finish to this match. Uh, Bagwell goes for the fisherman suplex. DDP holds the rope diamond cutter over. Yeah. See you later. Diamond cutter is pretty much at the height of its power. And they, and they're nobody gets up for that thing. And they're mentioning nobody gets up that DDP every week is working on learning how to throw it from, from different spots, from different positions. Um, they're really selling it, you know, which is kind of, I don't know if they know what's in store for page yet, but it's very rare that you see someone selling, good qualities for a heel. They talk about it's, his work It's ethic. getting they to be, about... like when he hits it in this match, at least the people on the hard camera, the move's getting over. Yeah. People, because it's something new, it's something, oh man, nobody kicks out of it. It's right. a match ender. And it looks so, good. It's pretty flashy. Yeah, for, especially for that day and age. Yeah. So, the move's getting over, even though DDP's still technically a heel. Yeah. Um, side note on on Buff Bagwell. He's not known as Buff yet, I guess, officially. But um, he was on a couple weeks ago. He was on Chael Sonnen's podcast. Oh, boy. <laughs> and Chael Sonnen is a Buff Bagwell mark. Really? <laughs> Which is hilarious. And then Sonnen, like two weeks later, is on Jim Ross's podcast. Um, and both these probably I listen to them pretty regularly. They're super entertaining. But he's chill the whole time is just pushing Jr. to spill the beans. What's the conspiracy against Marcus Alexander Bagwell? Oh yeah, because yep, they, it's a conspiracy. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So what? What Jim Ross have to say? Did I, he just deflect it? No, Jim Ross says the same, and he's commented on it before. He said, you know, they brought him in. It was along with the rest of the talent. Um, he worked a match that he had a uh, not great match with Booker T. Um, right, that's the famous match where they, they tried to do the WCW TV show. Yeah, um, and Bagwell does mention, he says, you know, if you watch his mat, all of his matches, the best matches he's ever had are with Booker T. The next week they were in Atlanta, I think, you know, why he, and that's what he said. Why the hell didn't you guys wait a week? Um, but Jim Ross basically says that creative and writing staff just they they didn't have anything for him. They just they didn't have a good angle, big influx of talent at the time. You know they I'm sure they weren't in love with keeping hold of WCW talent anyhow. Um, but yeah, Chael Chael just keeps pushing him. Come on, what was it? And then there's Grant, the, your uh, Grant, your mic's getting a little muffled. Okay. I don't know what's going on there, but it's a piece of shit. Okay, just hey, let you know. It's, Kind of sound a little scratchy on you. Anyone, so anyone out there gets the time, those both those podcasts are worth a listen. So DDP over Marcus Bagwell, nine minutes thirty nine seconds to defend his Lord of the Ring title championship, whatever you want to call it. Next, we have probably what I would say is the second best match of the night. We have Dean Malenko versus Rey Mysterio Jr. This is Rey Mysterio's debut with the company. 
uh, for the WCW World Cruiserweight title. Dave Meltzer gave this match four stars. I think this, uh, is, this is the best we've seen Malenko so far. He looks Malenko good looks good. Uh, Malenko goes over Mysterio in 17 minutes, 50 seconds. This match told a good story. Um, you have the wily veteran Malenko taking on sort of the newcomer in Mysterio who's big in Mexico, but this is his first time on WCW TV or pay-per-view. Uh, Malenko is working a body part most of the match. Mysterio does a great job of selling the arm. Um, Malenko's really sort of works as a baby face until the very end. Yeah. Because he's getting frustrated with Mysterio keeps kicking out and he won't tap to all these different arm submissions and whatnot. Um, Malenko finally hits a power bomb in the corner and puts his feet on the ropes to secure the one, two, three and get the win. So Malenko sort of. He sort of heals out at the end of this match, which I like. Yeah, no, um, this is the second longest match of the night. Um, yeah, this is a good match. Um, there are, in my opinion, three really good matches on this event. This is definitely one of them. Um, these two just had, they have good chemistry. They, um, you know, it's, it's one of the few matches where Malenko is, you know, the bigger guy. Um, so he can do big guy stuff, you know, um, but he can still move cause he's not John Tenta. So, um, no, you get, you get a traditional, or I, what we think of as a traditional luchador here, uh, in America, you know, high flying Rey Mysterio versus a, a Matt technician like Dean Malenko. And they put it together really fucking well. Yeah. And I mean, really, you, you could throw these guys in anywhere and they're going to put on a pretty darn good match so had pretty high expectations coming into this as we all know big things to come from Rey Mysterio Jr. I mean he's only going to get bigger from this point on so it'll be interesting to see his career sort of unfold and I mean Malenko Malenko's always going to give you you know what you're getting from him I mean he's he's going to be very snug a lot of mat based stuff but like you said in this match too he's uh you know, he's, he does a few more power moves yeah. than normally you see from him because he is actually one of the few times you'll see him working as the bigger guy. So, awesome match. Go check that one out on the network. Just pull it up. I, I mean, if you don't want to watch this whole card, watch this one and maybe a couple other matches on the card are, are worth seeing. Next up, we have a throwaway match between John T- John Tenta defeats Big Bubber, as uh, Dusty <laughs> would call him. Um, uh, I... Defeat- I- I love Go the, ahead. Be, the best part of any big man match like this is hearing Dusty Rhodes call it. Yeah. <laughs> big Bubber with Jimmy Hart. Uh, <laughs> Tenta gets the win in five minutes, 24 seconds. You know, they're doing this deal where Tenta got his hair cut and he gets his revenge here. So good for him. Not a whole lot to be said. General big man match. A lot of clubbiness and uh, slow moving. I don't know why they don't open the car, open the show with this match. I get, I mean, I understand why they open it more with a little bit, uh, with a more exciting type match. This is just thrown in the middle of it. Um, Yeah, my thoughts are, though, you've got, well, I don't know. I don't know how they were, but you've got the potential with dark matches to have a real good match to get your crowd hot. Or three good matches to get your crowd hot. You can open it up with this match, which is a throwaway match. It's going to be slow-paced. I don't think anyone's going to argue looking at the card. That's the one where you go get your popcorn. 
Yeah. Um, put that oh, yeah. at the opening of the show because that gives that gives the live crowd a minute to take care of whatever, go take a piss. Um, they're already hot from the three good dark matches. They get back into it, and the rest of the event's strong. Yeah. The people watching no. at home, it doesn't matter. You're going to subject it to them either way. And if they're watching it at home, you already got their 25 bucks. <laughs> you, you, um, definitely your two piss break matches in this show are this one and Conan Elgato. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. I mean, and, those are your and they're piss both, break and matches. And they're both five to six minutes. So I guess that's... Right. They're the two shortest matches on the card. Maybe that's how long it takes to uh, get a piss in this arena. I don't know. Speaking of Dusty Roads, I will say we don't have Heenan right, on commentary in the card. this show because he is in the corner of uh, Arn Anderson and Ric Flair in a match we'll get to here in a bit. It seems like Shivani and Dusty love giving each other shit. They do. Like they just go back and forth and they needle each other. Yeah. But it's good natured. No, it is. Each- it is. At one po- at one point, like Dusty gets on Shivani because it's Father's Day. This ma- this right. show's on Father's Day, and he gives Shivani shit for being like a sexual dynamo yes. because he has so many kids. Yes, and it, you can tell like there's a lot of inside ribbing yeah. going on between these two. It's pretty funny. If you and no, that. and I at this point I don't know how many years they've worked together, but a long time in WCW. Shivani's been around. You know, since the eighties, I mean, yeah, since the eighties. Um, there's a lot of good. I wish I would have written them down. A lot of good quotes, as always, from Dusty in this one. Um, well, <laughs> he keeps using the phrase "I may be an old man, but," but then what he says after "but" doesn't have anything to do with him being an old man. <laughs> I mean, Dusty Dusty on commentary is an acquired taste. I will I will give you that. I mean, it's definitely it's not a classical announcing job. But he's entertaining enough. I get a kick out of him. Yeah, no, and he at this point is still uh, announcing on Saturday night, I think. Yeah, I believe you're right. He does Saturday nights and pay-per-views. He's he's perfect on Saturday night because there's a lot of turds on there. There's a lot of matches that aren't necessarily entertaining, but you get Dusty commentating and I... Yeah, makes it bearable just because you never know what the hell he's going to say. Okay, Um, moving on. Uh, we've got a Falls Count Anywhere match. In my opinion, this is match of the night. Yeah. It's only a 10, it's 9 minutes, 58 seconds, so it's only a 10-minute match. Chris Benoit defeats Kevin Sullivan with Jimmy Hart. Falls Count Anywhere match. Holy shit. I don't know as that I've ever sat down and watched this match before. This was the hottest I've ever seen a crowd for a match since we started this podcast. And these it's guys, this is, this is as close to a work shoot as we've seen. Yes, they beat the holy hell out of each other. Um, Benoit, it, it's funny because they, they start in the entryway and they brawl through the crowd all the way up into the, the corridor of the arena. They go into the bathroom. Benoit, God, Sullivan hits Benoit in the head with the uh, stall door. Yeah. Like wedges his head. Like that was real. Yeah. He yeah. clubbed him in the head. He sandwiched his head between a bathroom stall door and the bathroom stall. And just freaking hit him as hard as he could. Yeah, uh, yeah. The crowd, you you could tell the crowd didn't re- the uh, I, I should say the security didn't really plan on where this was gonna go too well. <laughs> no, because they they brawl into the bathroom. 
And there's a few guys in there just washing their hands, and they're yeah. like, holy shit, there's Kevin Sullivan. Yeah, no, there's dudes in the bathroom taking a piss. And you can tell they went out into the hallway, and they're like, you got to get in here and see this, because within seconds, yeah. there is like 30 to 40 people crammed into this bathroom. Yeah. And you see there's Doug Dillinger and like one Baltimore cop. Yeah. And they're like, oh, fuck mm-hmm. what do we do because they like these people are right on top of the wrestlers can, can, like it, it could have been a problem can you imagine if this is 1986 instead of 1996 well, somebody would have stabbed one of oh them. yeah no it would have yeah and this is where we get the famous line from dusty of there, there's a woman in the men's bathroom <laughs> he goes and there was some woman just went in there to yeah. see what was going on yeah it was Fucking amazing. And people are going ape shit for it. Yeah. Hey, Zach's here. Yeah, I remember that match. Yeah. It's uh it's I a, remember. It's it's the best match on the card. It's freaking awesome. Atlas, what do you uh, think? Hey. He's being pretty, Hi. <laughs> he's being pretty quiet over there. We like it. He's doing a good job. Okay, I I'm sure you're like this for a reason, but are you on speakerphone again? No, I'm not. Okay. He, it, it sounds better than it did. He was a little oh. muffled before. The so. volume's just really low, I guess. Maybe. Okay. It's he sounds fine in my ear. Check your oh, check your end. dealy whopper there. Oh yeah, I was way um, down. Yeah, oh, Zach, yeah. you you already missed our commentary on the John Tenta Big Bubber match, so, and we're not going back to it. I know that's your yeah, favorite, per, but pretty riveting. <laughs> you missed it. Um, I, I like I'll how I like how this Falls Count Anywhere match worked because it actually ends in the ring. Yeah, yeah. They brawl throughout the entire arena. They never went into the ring at one point until the finish of the match. They get back in the ring. Benoit gets a table. Uh, before that, Benoit takes a nasty spill down the stadium steps. Oh, yeah. That yeah, yeah. probably ruptured a disc or two. Like, these guys are full-on shoot-punching each other in the head for nine minutes. And then they get into the ring. Benoit sets up a table on top of the turnbuckles mm-hmm. and superplexes him off of it. And Benoit gets the win. That's yeah, like I said, that match. must have stood out to me whenever I rented that. And probably when you was were 19, when you were 12 years old. Yeah, I remember renting that from BNC and thinking even then, like, holy crap, Dude, this is amazing. I, it's the hottest crowd I've seen. I do like, um, and I think this is a, a testament to part of why the crowd's so hot. Part of it's just that they're you know they're stiff and you can you can hear that in the arena you can tell um you know usually you start in the ring and you get the crowd into it you get them warmed up and then you leave the ring for somewhere in the arena even if it's on the floor half the arena can't see you um this way they're watching it they're watching it on the screen they're anticipating it's moving closer it's moving closer holy shit you know, are they are they going to get into the arena floor? You know, are we going to see this? And then you work it into the ring and you it, you, get, you it kinda, gets crazy too. like you bring that crescendo up the, and finish it there where everybody can see. And I think that that brings a lot of energy to it. It's a good when finish. they're fighting in the bathroom. You see like Dillinger's getting tangled in freaking camera wires and like the cameramen are trying to follow this thing around. Yeah, it wasn't quite planned. It's out like you could you could tell. They didn't know what they were going to do. Yeah. Or, well, Benoit and Sullivan probably knew, but the production crew Hell, didn't they may know. not have. Maybe not. <laughs> but you could tell Dillinger, at one point when people start really crowding into that bathroom, you see Dillinger sprinting yeah. to get oh, in between yeah. wrestlers and the crowd to keep people back. 
and there, I thought this Baltimore cop was going to deck somebody <laughs> like this dude almost got overwhelmed. Like uh, it, it was bad. They've, they've got the huge benefit of having, uh, of having Sullivan in the match, him and Benoit do, because it's, he, you're not going to get in trouble. Right. That's true. I mean, Sullivan's the damn booker. Yeah. So. Who, who cares so, if it's planned? So I don't remember this match, the Malenko and Mysterio. What'd you guys talk about with it? I, it got the highest rating. Go watch night. it. It was awesome. It's vintage Malenko yeah. and Mysterio. Meltzer gave it. Malenko, Malenko heals out a little bit at the end of it, which I like Malenko as a little bit of a heel. So this is, I, I, and I, and I said, I think this is the best we've seen Malenko so far. Yeah, it's it go it, if there's if you're gonna watch this card, watch Malenko, Mysterio, and watch Benoit Sullivan. Well, I, I remember Benoit Sullivan yeah, like it it's pretty awesome. Malenko and Clay, maybe you can now that we're talking about it. Does he does he sustain a knee or a leg or a back injury within the next year or so? Malenko, yeah, because it seems I like, like I remember him having something taped up or. Has some sort of a cast on. He always has point. neck problems, it seems, but I don't know. It's it, very it, possible. It seems like by late '97 into '98 that he slows down a lot. It's possible he sustained some injuries. It's very, very um, possible. You know, because and quite honestly, just like thinking back, like I always remember, you know, respecting his ability, but thinking he was kind of boring in most matches. Um, yeah. I watched this, and I it made a fan out of me. Yeah. It, it's pretty awesome. Go back and watch that one. So, sure. uh, Sting and Regal. Yep, yeah. we're ready for uh, Sting defeats Lord Steven Regal in 16 minutes, 30 seconds. Meltzer gave this match, uh, just going back to that last match, Meltzer gave Benoit Sullivan four stars as well. Meltzer gives this one three and a half stars, yeah, so pretty match. decent. This is a good match. I, I This is where I watched probably the first five minutes of this match, and I had to go do something, and I didn't get the rest of the card watched. Mm. So, Grant, you're on your own on this one. Oh, Jesus. Um, um, I'm sure it was a good match. No, these, these guys need – I mean, there's other shit going on in the company that stops us from happening. I, I walk away from this match thinking that these guys need to work a pretty long program together. Regal's – god damn it, Regal is – spot on and 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 just nailing the whole british you know the i do remember even the very beginning of the match god he worked he gets the crowd whipped into a frenzy and you put you put sting being as over as he is and then you put a heel like regal who can work the crowd anyway yeah they get the crowd freaking going yeah no um it's you know and it's the same exact formula with you know anyone from another country but it's really kind of in the vein that you end up seeing uh the land lance storm and wcw or canadian heel bret hart um it's a shame they couldn't all get together you get an australian in there it'd be the uh what is it, the commonwealth of nations stable yeah that would that, stable that would be great um there you go no it's a good match you kind of get that same sort of uh <clears throat> same sort of contrast that you do with Dean Malenko and Rey Mysterio, just in a bigger scale. Um, you know, kind of the high flying sting versus the maybe slightly bigger Steven Regal, who's, you know, really looking to pull him down to the mat. And, mm-hmm. and, um, I think that dynamic works really well. Um, because people tend to boo and in the crowd, not have a high, you know, uh, opinion of rest holds. And so, it kind of works out double. Number one, it's a contrast to styles. Number two, you're pulling heat on the whole match whenever the heel's in charge because he's got rest holds. He's got technical mm-hmm. holds. When well, the, when, the the thing... fa- when the face rallies, then it's all these high-flying moves that people are going to cheer for anyhow. 
the thing I like about Regal too, yeah, he'll put a rest hold on you, but he'll also palm heal you in the face yeah. really hard while you're in a rest hold. So yeah, it makes no. it look legitimate that this the, he's actually trying to grind a guy down. Yeah, no, it does. And it, it just, it's, and I think this is something that you see in modern wrestling. Um, you know, just imagine, you know, the, the, the mood of this match and of the crowd, if it were, if it were opposite, every time the guy that you're cheering for, yeah, it doesn't make hold, sense for he's a, holding you down and not doing anything. And, um, you know, now, and you see that now you see heels, you know, you see a guy, AJ Styles couldn't get fucking heat if he tried now. Um, I mean, they might boo you for a minute, but as soon as you start hitting that, that impressive move set, that's, that's visually pleasing, you're going to get cheered. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, um, one thing I will say, I think it's between these last two matches, we get a Luger uh, promo talking about the world title match. I will say this, Luger's trying to change up his promo style a little bit. He's very quiet. He, he even says, I'm not going to sit out here and scream and yell. I'm wrestling the giant. Like, Luger's almost playing on like he's very serious. Yeah, yeah. Which you don't um, always get, because usually he's shouting. Yeah, no, his, his, uh, his promos, I mean, everything about him, except for maybe his in-ring has improved hugely since that first Nitro. So next um, we have, uh, the long awaited tag team match between Arn Anderson and Ric Flair taking on Kevin Green and Steve McMichael, two former NFL football players. This fucking match got damn near 21 minutes. It did. Wow. And, and let Long me say right yeah. now, I am, I am hitting the edit button. Um, in Wikipedia, this match is listed as a six-man tag. Okay. Really? Yeah. Does that have to do with the – there's three probably, managers Probably on because of Bobby Heenan and Randy Savage. Exactly. Or something. Yeah. Yep. Go edit that Watch Wikipedia page. Match. That's bullshit. Good, good work but there, we, Grant. We got Heenan, Elizabeth, and Woman on the uh, Flair Anderson side, and we have Michael Savage and Green, Tara Green, Ted, Kevin Green's wife. So maybe yeah. someone that was uh, just quickly editing that. Somebody and saw didn't those know what they was and... doing. Um, basically, this match is nothing but a long con uh, to have Steve McMichael join the Horsemen. Yeah. So he turns on Kevin Green. Why they want to turn on Kevin Green, I have no idea. It's not like he's a wrestler. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's going to go back and play football here in a month or so. And uh, so, yeah, Steve McMichael is now a member of the Horsemen. They screw Kevin Green. That's pretty well what we need to what know. What was Savage's role in this? He was their trainer. I didn't manager. have a role in the match itself. Oh, I don't know. Grant, do you remember? Um, He comes in and throws some leather. Um, I'm sure there's some some sort of schmoz aspects it's, with Savage. It's, it's, it's your traditional WCW. I, I so don't he wasn't, any, uh, I don't have any notes on this, but he wasn't it wasn't banned from Baltimore arena. For no, some reason. he just couldn't wrestle. Oh, okay. he can manage, but they, he couldn't they, wrestle. they do state though. However, he is reinstated because the, the fans demanded it. So the next night on uh-huh. nitro, he's going to be back. So for, so for the last month and a half, nobody gave a shit. Nobody wanted to see Randy Savage. Right. <laughs> so right. they kept him out. I see. So after this match, we probably get the most important um, thing of the night, which isn't even a match. We get a, uh, a promo with Kevin Nash and Scott Hall with Eric Bischoff. Where um, is this? Where Bischoff announces the uh, the three man team for WCW for Bash at the Beach? Uh, he announces that there will be, but we're not going to know who it is. We don't know who yet until uh-huh. the next night on Nitro because they got to get those. So, ratings. I remember this. 
I remember this. What leads well. what leads to Nash power bombing Bischoff off the Be, stage? Because they refuse to tell him who's on the WCW team. Okay. And, and he and gets pissed. Scott Scott Hall tells him not to be jacking them around and then they <laughs> power bomb him. So that's really the lasting image from this pay-per-view is Bischoff taking that power bomb. Um however, unfortunately, after that spot you have the crowd going fucking ape shit. Um then you really are you're making a big ask of Luger and Giant to come out. The crowd is dead for the main event because yeah, you're how do you top that. You're asking these two guys to go follow a holy shit moment in the main event, and it really falls flat. Um, main event: Giant defeats Lex Luger in nine minutes twenty one seconds to defend the uh, world heavyweight title. I mean. It's really a shame that the card ends on this match. There's not a lot that can be said about it. It's pretty standard. Giant wins via choke slam, and I'm sure Jimmy Hart shenanigans uh, throughout. So I, I don't know just, anything to add on that. You're not going to get much out of these guys. I mean, really, not not pay per view main event. Um, about the, I'll tell you what. The way that you make this match exciting, it doesn't matter what happens for nine minutes and twenty seconds. As long as that last second is Lex Luger putting the giant in the torture rack. So he did he even did he attempt the rack in this match? I don't think he does. Wow. Um, yeah, no, you know what? I take that back. I think he tries it, and I think he maybe gets his foot off. Um, but but it it doesn't matter what happens if if this match if one of the last things you see on this pay per view isn't the giant up in the torture rack. You're not, you're not yeah. coming out of your and seat. Then, and then Jimmy Hart can screw him. Right. I mean, Luger doesn't have to win. Luger shouldn't win. Honestly. Yeah. There's ways to make Luger look like a badass without having him win. But so that's or, uh, great American bash 96. Yeah. Check it out on the network. If you, if you don't want to watch the whole thing, Watch Malenko, Mysterio, Benoit Sullivan. Sting, Regal is good. Um, other than that, the the opening match is good. And, I mean, Arn, Arn Flair and McMichael, Kevin Green is a 20-minute match to further an angle. And we have our fourth horseman since Pillman left. So that's important. And, of course, uh, Bischoff getting powerbombed off the stage by Kevin Nash is a pretty big deal. So they should have made Check that, it out. They should have made that tag match the main event. I'd be okay with that because the the main event with Giant Luger was really really fell flat. I mean, yeah, and WCW's not married to to you know putting the the title match lower on the card. So yeah, or I, or when Bischoff gets powerbomb, say you know Eric Bischoff's dead. We have to cut the pay per view <laughs> short. Uh, you know, kick everyone who bought five bucks back. So I, don't, I don't remember the specifics, but did they acknowledge that Bischoff is who he is at this point? They, no, they don't. They or do was that he just a couple, an announcer they, in an interview. They officially announce it a couple nitros later. This is the one okay. where, and this, I, this, it doesn't kill it for me, but I'm gonna be, I'm just gonna go crazy here and over the edge. It kills the angle for me when they ask Holland Nash if they work for the WWF. Right, but they they have to uh, say no. No, they they don't, the, they don't they don't have to say no. Ted Turner no, could say they, Vince McMahon here's one billion dollars. I know, I know what you're saying, <laughs> but but that's why they had to do that. I remember that was in the that shooting was a big review. lawsuit. Yeah. They had to uh, say that. Um, that's a thing where honestly they should have had 
Run down the card, and your last five minutes of the show should have been that interview. Bischoff gets power bombed. Oh my God! Good night, everybody. Yeah, that should have been the end. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there you go. Great American Bash, nineteen ninety six. Pretty strong pay per view, top to bottom. Really, yeah. only two matches that I would say were kind of meh. I mean, There's maybe lot- three. Let me, let me guess which ones those were. Not knowing what. <laughs> Um, I'm going to say Giant Luger. Is that yeah. what you're meh? Yeah, well, and... I wasn't really counting that one because at least it's for a title. Okay, well or... then Conan Elgato. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Tinta Bubba. Yes. <laughs> so skip those if you want. So other than that, we will be here next week, or I guess two weeks from now, uh, with the Nitro directly preceding Great American Bash 1996. And until then, good night.